I think Aria is responsible for a lot of babies being born this year. <laughs> I can literally, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I know. Tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr. So on this week's show, we're focusing on an incredibly important campaign called Equality for Children. So the LGBTQ plus community in Ireland are calling for equal legal rights to their children to be secured in legislation. So here to explain all about the campaign is activist, blogger, actor, writer, all-rounder, Renee Von Medding. Renee, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So delighted to have you. And um, we have a very special guest that we might bring on later on. But for, for now, it's you and me. So we're going to start the same way we start every show. So it's our game. It's called Six Words or Less. And it's for any of our listeners and viewers who may not know who you are. So you have to describe yourself in six words or less. And I know you've been studying, so... Can I just say this was very difficult <laughs> <Okay>. to <laughs> narrow down six words? Or less. Or mm -hmm. less. Oh, no, I need the six you words. You need all six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Passionate performer, motivated mama, humble hustler. I just adore the alliteration. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you. I love that. Hustler. Yeah. How do you hustle? So I'm a hustler because... I suppose, you know, in the sense of being a grafter, mm. I will not, if I set my sights on something, I will not stop until I get that and I will work to make it happen. I can tell that literally like I've, I've met you for about 10 minutes or so and I can already get that from you by you just explaining your last few days. It's been absolutely <laughs> manic. Um, so we are here to talk about the campaign and you held a demonstration there last week as well. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But first, I want to hear a little bit about your life and your family. Okay, so uh, it was actually my birthday yesterday. So How I'm thank you. I'm 32 now, and I've been with my wife Audrey for 11 years today. Wow! So October is always a big month for us. Yeah. And um, we met in college. We were both training to be actors. Mm -hmm. She has since gone into the stage management area. And um, yes, we, we met, I was, what, 20, 21? Mm -hmm. And um, so we've been together pretty much my whole adult life. Yeah. And we always knew we wanted to have kids. Um, we both come from really large families. Mm. And yeah, we just, we always knew that there would be babies in our future. Mm. Um, we live in Dublin. Uh, as I said, she's a stage manager. I am an actress, a singer, um, a writer. Mm -hmm. And then once we had kids, I suppose when everything kind of cropped up and we started to realize how unequal we were, mm -hmm. that's when I kind of veered into the area of uh, campaigner, activist. Activism, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so you got married and obviously you said there that you always knew that kids were going to be a part of your life. Did you have any idea about the rights for same-sex parents before you kind of explored the opportunity of becoming a parent? Or was it something that you just kind of presumed, you know, that you would have the same rights before? Yeah. So one thing I, I do want to point out is that it's not just same-sex parents. Yes. It's all LGBTQ plus uh, families mm -hmm. because I, I actually have a couple of uh, trans friends who are in the same situation okay. and they obviously don't identify as same-sex. Gotcha. Yeah. So... Um, there, there, there's a whole spectrum of families that yeah. obviously we are a same-sex uh, family. But to answer that, no, we had no idea. 
Wow. Literally, um, I was eight months pregnant when we realized the situation that we were in. Okay. Um, when Ireland said yes in 2015, mm. we assumed that we would have the same rights as any other married couple. Yeah. And I think the most, like the majority of Ireland, you know, presume that, presume too. that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was a very scary time to be heavily pregnant and realize that once our child was born, that I would be the only one legally recognized as a parent. Yeah. And that if anything were to happen to me, my wife would not have automatic rights to our child. So that was a really scary uh, time. Yeah, and I mean, you, you've, you've written as well, and I was reading on your blog, um, a lot about the kind of journey that you went on in order to have kids as well. So, you know, you've written about your fertility and, and the fact that it was reciprocal IVF as well. So can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. So reciprocal IVF means that we used my wife's eggs mm. and donor sperm and I carried the babies. So your so your wife is the biological mother yes. as well, yeah. of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, under Irish law, I'm called the biological mother. Because you carry the Because children. I carried them. Mm. But I'm not. I'm their birth mother. Mm. Um, and she is their biological mother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so when you were eight months pregnant then and you discovered this, obviously that's heavily pregnant. So presumably you weren't straight away being like, right, this, this, we have to do something <laughs> about this. But was it after you had your first child that you started to, to really think about the fact that, okay, well, this is legislation that needs, that needs to change? Because yeah. there was legislation that came in, certain amends that gave that gave partial rights, but obviously not full equal rights. Yeah, so I suppose after Ava was born, within the first couple of months, we did a little bit of, um, you know, some media stuff. We were on some TV and yeah. just talking about the fact that I was considered a single parent, even though we were married. Mm. And at the time, as you say, yeah, there was this legislation coming in. It's called the uh, Children and Family Relationships Act, yeah. 2015. That was passed in 2015, and as part of that whole act, it gave provisions for some um, same-sex couples to be both registered as parents. Okay. And the thing is that the criteria to meet that are so narrow that it's only a fraction of our families that will be covered. So in order to meet this criteria, so basically you have to check the boxes of what they have deemed acceptable to both be considered parents, and that is that you have to have given birth in Ireland, you have mm. to have used an Irish fertility clinic to get pregnant mm. with your own eggs, you can't have done reciprocal IVF, and you have to have used an identifiable sperm donor. So there's all these boxes that you have to tick, and if you don't tick any of those boxes, you're left out. Why, why is it so narrow? Because obviously if, if legislation was being brought in in 2015, it was because, you know, there were holes in the constitution and, and things needed to change. But why is that so narrow? Why is it so difficult? Was there any reasoning behind that at the time? Um, so we, as you said, we, we actually, we had a meeting with Simon Harris yes. a couple of days ago and we were talking about this. And one of the reasons was um, for it being so narrow was that it was rushed. Right. It was rushed. They yeah. were, you know, marriage equality was, was going through. They knew it was going through yeah. and they were trying to catch up mm. and they put this thing together and got it passed through. There have been seven missed deadlines to date to actually commence this. So while it has passed, it isn't actually in effect. So right. even those people that it does cover, it's still not, um, it still hasn't been commenced yeah. and it's not going to be until May of next year. Right. So all of this is theoretical, yeah. like, you know, it's still not in effect. Um, 
it's just there are so many holes in it and so many mistakes with it. Yeah. Um, and even once it does come in, it won't cover everybody. It only covers a small portion. Yeah. It's fascinating because when marriage equality was coming in, in in 2015, obviously that was a huge moment for LGBTQ plus people, you know, in Ireland and and worldwide it, it was covered as well. Like this was this was a massive moment. Um, do you feel like the rights of parents were, were slightly forgotten at that time? And I mean, you said there that it was rushed, but do you think that people were just blinded by, you know, you would say maybe a bigger issue because it was a massive issue, but but it's not a bigger issue. It's just a separate issue. Yeah, I suppose I think that people forgot about the families or just assumed that it would all be encompassed in that yeah, one thing. Yeah, it would all be wrapped up. I assumed it would be. And Honestly, it's not the rights of the parents, it's the rights of the children. It's yeah. the fact that the children don't have the right to um, a legal connection with the people who are caring for them. Yeah. And they need to have that legal protection and that legal connection. Otherwise, they are left in a really insecure situation. You know? That's the thing. And I mean, the campaign is called, you know, Equality for Children. And yeah. I think that that's a, a really obvious and, and fair point to make. You know, I, I saw the picture that you posted there back in July on your mm. Instagram of your daughter's birth certificate. And the caption was, it was just, it was so effective and it was so moving because it was, this is what discrimination looks like. And, you know, it it went viral, I suppose you could call it that if you want, like so many people saw it and were commenting on it. Um, was that something that you expected or, or how did you feel before you posted that? Because that was your second child's birth certificate. So it wasn't something that you had just discovered, you know, it had happened three years previously with Ava. So I suppose I didn't expect the response that we got. I that um, that picture was posted right after I had had to um, go to a solicitor and sign an affidavit saying that I was a single parent. That was the thing that I think was mm. is really shocking as mm. well, that you are essentially being forced to lie mm. on a legal document. And the government are well aware that we're being forced to do this if we want to have a passport for our child. Um, a lot of families have refused to do that, you know, out of principle, and I totally support that. Uh, but unfortunately, we had to have the passports. We yeah. had to travel. So this was not my first time doing this. Mm. So this is like three years on doing it again for the second child. And I was just so fed up. Yeah. Um, so I suppose, and I was looking at all the documents that I had had to bring with me, and I just was looking at her birth certificate, and I'd never posted a photo of it before, mm. and I was looking at it, and I suppose with things like this that are so kind of painful to look at, a lot of times, you know, you get them in the post and you put them away somewhere because mm. you don't want to look at them. Yeah. But I was looking at it, and I was just like, this is not right. Yeah. I am on her birth certificate, and I'm not actually her genetic parent. So if we're talking about birth certs as a record of genetics and biology, which a lot of people um, would, would see them yeah. as. Yeah. Um, our daughters have no correct information on their birth certificates because they have me and then they just have blank. Yeah. You know? Um, and I was looking at, at that and I was like, this is not right. And how does, your, how does your wife feel about this? How does Audrey feel about that? Because, you know, with, like you said earlier, with reciprocal IVF, you know, biologically she, she is the mother, but she's not recognized by mm. law. Um, how does that make her feel? Because like, I, I would imagine that that's incredibly hurtful. It's the only kind of word, but I it, feel like that word's not big enough. No, it's not. And I don't think there's any word that can describe yeah. it. It's um, it's humiliating. It's painful. It's, um, it's yeah, it's, it's the most... Um, it's the most painful thing you can imagine. Yeah. And knowing that your country has let you down. Um, so I think, you know, for her, she doesn't try to 
um, think about it too much because she can't think about it too much because it's 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 too much. You yeah. Know? I mean, I saw as well. I was reading on your blog that you know, ninety nine percent of the feedback that you got it was positive yeah. and, and stuff like that, but that there was a small, very small percentage of, of people who, you know, made homophobic comments and, mm -hmm. and things like this. In terms of, you know, yourself as a family and, and how you move through society here in Ireland, what is that like? Because what you're what you're campaigning for is for, you know, when the worst happens. For example, if if some if something happens in terms of illness or bereavement and the rights of the child when it comes to having two parents, which is the necessity. But as a family, how is it in Ireland for you guys now, say if you are signing legal documents or So or how schools? does it impact us every day? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose the the worst case scenario is if something happened to me. Mm. But every day it affects us. You really? know, it's you know, so there's, you know, financial, educational, medical, citizenship issues, um, um, you know, connection to the more extended family and mm. with, you know, um, inheritance. Yeah. There literally are things that affect us every single day. Um, so we can never forget that we are treated less than, you know, we can never forget that. It happens every day that we're reminded in some shape or form, you know. Yeah. Um, my wife's not allowed to travel with the, with the kids without permission from me. Um, she's not allowed. That is a crazy like sentence. She, like she wouldn't be allowed to collect Ava from school, you know. Yeah. Technically, I mean, our, the school is great. Yeah. Um, but legally, she has to have my permission. She has to have my permission to do anything with them. So, I mean, it's it's crazy when you put it into that because obviously, when we talk about legal stuff and legislation, that's that's crucial because that does affect everything. But on a day to day basis, the fact that it affects you guys as a family is just really shocking. So. When did it become something that you started to talk to other parents who were kind of involved in this? Because I know that you host LGBTQ family events and stuff, and I want to talk about that a little bit later as well, which is fantastic. But um, when did you kind of start talking to other people about this and, and deciding that this was something you wanted to do as, as activism, essentially, that you yeah. wanted to kind of really shine the light on it? I suppose while Ava was born um, and in the first couple of years of her life, we, we, we knew, you know, we looked at this a little bit and, you know, I wrote some articles and blogs yeah. and chatted to people, but we always kind of had in the back of our minds, they'll get to us eventually. Right. We always had that, okay, well, you know what, they've passed this legislation, they're going to have to pass more mm. to cover every family and we'll just wait patiently. So yeah. we waited patiently and we waited quietly, you know, saying one of these days they're going to get to us. And... When our second daughter was born, born on New Year's Eve last year, mm. and that was the day I had enough. That was the day, um, New Year's Day of this year, when mm. she had just been born, and I said, no, this is not good enough. And that that's, day is obviously meant to be the, the most joyous yeah, day. Yeah, and I knew, I knew that I would have to register again, and I would have to go into... Um, the registry office and register her as a sole parent. I knew that was all coming, mm. and I just said, "This is not good enough." Even you know, simple things in the in the hospital, like the hearing test and the heel prick test. I have to do all of that. Yeah, Audrey is not allowed to sign those documents. Just little things, and yeah. I said, "That's not good enough." Um, and I suppose um, that's when the fire got lit. Mm. Around that time, there was also a lot of kind of false reporting in the media, mm. which stemmed down from the government passing on kind of not necessarily false information, but saying that this legislation was coming in. 
And that it was all encompassing. Yes. Right. So the, the headlines that I saw in the week after my daughter was born mm. was equality for same-sex parents. Right. New laws, equality for same-sex parents, which partly true, but also really not true because one, it wasn't new. Mm. It was just another deadline that they had missed. Right. Um, That's quite smart, actually, that they did it, it that way. It was smart. It was spun. It was spun really well. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, if people don't know the ins and outs mm. and you read that, of course, you're going to assume that that's yeah. true. So, you know, there were, you know, so many people that I know kind of sharing this. And, you know, when you see something everywhere and yeah. you know it's not true, right. it's really hurtful because yeah. I'm like, that is not the full truth. Yeah. This is not new legislation. It's and been it, years And it's in the not making. all encompassing. So yeah. we shouldn't be celebrating. We shouldn't be congratulating them. Yeah. We should be saying, why has it taken you four years to get to here? And why is it not all inclusive? You did say as well, I, I read something where you said, you know, that you don't think that the government is is intentionally no. trying to keep no. rights no. Um, from families in Ireland. Um, but you do think that it's a lack of care mm-hmm. and, a, and a lack of, I mean, I suppose when you call yourself a hustler, like it's a lack of maybe fire in the belly. And obviously, you know, there's a lot going on at the moment in the country and there's there's lots of things happening. Um, but do you think that this is an issue that that is continuing to be brushed under the rug? And also, do you think that this is going to change with your campaign or do you think that it's going to keep getting delayed? Because essentially, am I right in saying that you don't want this legislation to come in in May if it's not correct? Or do you so, think that this is the stepping stone that yeah. you need? So it's it's kind of, you know... Obviously, I have conflicted feelings on it because this yeah. legislation is not going to cover my family. Yes, It's not going to cover many of my friends' families, but it will cover some of my friends' families. So I think if there was a way that we could stop it coming in yeah. and we could scrap it and start again and get new legislation to all encompass everybody, mm. I would want to do that. But I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. They're not going to stop it. They have been at this and it's, embar- it's an embarrassment for them at this stage mm. because they've had so many missed deadlines. Um, from the meeting we had this week, there is no way they're going to stop it. Right. We could lobby them to stop it, but they're not going to. And so this was, you sat down with the Minister for Health, um, Minister Harris. And so, you know, how, how did that go? Was it, would you say it was a, a positive meeting? It was definitely very positive. Mm-hmm. As, I, as I said before, there, I don't think there's anyone in the government mm. who is like, don't give rights to those children. Yeah. It's just he's a parent now. Himself yeah, he's a parent, well. and so his daughter is two weeks younger than our our youngest. Yeah. You know, and I brought that up many times, and I said, "How would you feel?" Yeah, and that's the thing. If he was in that situation, it would not have taken this long. Right. If anyone in government was in this situation, it would not have taken this long. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's hard to to put yourself in that situation because it's you know it's a theoretical thing, and yeah. it's like oh, that must be very hard for them. But when it's not right in front of you Mm. or you're not directly affected by it, um, sometimes the will to get it done is just not there. Um, I think the meeting was really good. There was a good mix of uh, people in our delegation that went in. You know, we had lawyers and and we had parents and, you know, kind of presenting, you know, the nitty-gritty facts Mm. and also the personal side of things. Yeah. I always kind of focus more on the personal side of things and just, I don't, you know, I'm not a lawyer. 
Mm. I don't understand if we can do this or we can do this, if that's legal, if this is unconstitutional. Mm. What I do understand is that all children have an inherent right to a legal connection to their parents. Yeah. And we need to figure out a way to do that because other countries have done it. Yeah. We are not the first, so we must be able to do it. Northern Ireland had full equal rights for families well before, before us, yeah. even though they didn't have marriage equality, yeah. they still had full family equality. And to be honest, I would have preferred to have <laughs> yeah, yeah. Equality, yeah. I'd prefer to have my children protected. Yeah. yeah, I think what's so interesting at the moment is that it does feel like there's a little bit of like my hands are tied mm -hmm. in the government at the moment as in like, well, we can't postpone this anymore. So it's going to come into effect, but it's not going to be all encompassing. It's not going to it's not going to help as many families or not even help give equality to as many families in Ireland that need it. But it does feel like you know, like like you said, it's probably going to happen. And I think that's such an interesting thing about what you're campaigning for because it's the misinformation that is out there in the public at the moment that I think is, is the most crucial because mm. if I'm being totally honest with you, when I saw those headlines, you know, I probably thought, you know, round of applause, that's great. You know, I probably thought that too. But actually, what I think is incredible about what you guys are doing is that you're actually talking about it now and it's the whole truth. You know, it's like, well, this m might be an embarrassment to the government, but it's better for people to know the whole truth and not ring the bells and celebrate when it actually isn't good enough. Yeah. And that's kind of it, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. So while I think it is going to come in and that's why, you know, we... Uh, you know, our campaign, Equality for Children, what we are asking for is that they commence what they are, what they've already said they're going to commence. Yeah. So that's going to happen on the 5th of May. I'm not going to be celebrating. Yeah. I'm going to be saying, okay, you've done that. Now, what are you going to do? Mm. You know, I'm not going to be celebrating on that day. Um, yes, obviously it will be good news for the families that are covered. Of course. Um, but it's not good enough. Yeah. It's like bringing civil partnership in and not bringing full marriage, marriage equality. And you know what? I think once that comes in, it will be an even, you know, it will be even more obvious the families that aren't covered. Yeah. You know, so like once civil partnership came in, it was so obvious the differences between civil partnership and marriage. Yeah. And people could see, oh, well, you can't stop at civil partnership. That's not good enough. It's not good enough to say... Well, you can have this, but you can't have that. So I think once this legislation is commenced, it's going to almost, you know, just be better for us and to show how can you say that this child is worthy of a connection to their parents, but this child isn't purely because of the country they were conceived in yeah. or the country they were born in or the method of conception. You can't do that, yeah. you know. So I have no doubt that once... Uh, the legislation is commenced on the 5th of May, they can't stop there. Yeah. And we won't let them stop there. That's the thing. I think if we hadn't have mobilised and come together as a community to start this campaign, it's quite possible that they could have stopped there mm. and just kind of let it stall for a couple of years and maybe come back to it. But we're not going to let that happen. Yeah. And as, as I said, I'm a hustler. Even if I had to do this by myself, I would do it mm. until every single child you know, was treated equally. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like they've gotten themselves into this, you know, going all the way back mm -hmm. to 2015. And I mean, it's it's reassuring to hear that you're not going to stop when that comes in, that you're going to continue to fight. Yeah. Because I mean, who else is, especially 
when there's misguided information that's being put out there into the public realm, you know? I mean, we need people who understand everything to be able to, to tell us. And that's kind of a sorry state of affairs, you know, for people who don't know everything. But you can't sit back if you have all the rights in the country and just no. go, Grand, I'm sure everybody else has the same because this is the fact. The fact is, is that it's, it's not there for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, part of our, a huge part of our campaign is that information giving yes. and education, educational kind of side of things. Um, and once we help to educate people, it, you're going to have to make a choice. So you now know the full story and you know you have to make a choice. Am I going to help this campaign? And that's kind of what we want to do for the whole of Ireland, yeah. you know, because there was a resounding yes. So all of those people who voted yes, you know, we want the support of all of those people. Absolutely. Um, because we're not finished. Yeah. It wasn't finished in 2015. You know, we're still not equal and we need all of our communities to come together, you know, all of the allies, everybody needs yeah. to get in on this and um, put the pressure on. So we're, we're just hoping that the campaign grows and grows. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a really quick break, but we will be back with Renee in a minute. So we're back with Renee von Medding and we've got a guest star with us. <laughs> Please introduce your daughter. This is Aria. Hi, Aria. Hi. How are you? Hi. So we dumped her backstage with the crew <laughs> for the first half of the show. So we thought, since we're talking about you, we might as well bring you out here. See if she has anything to say. See if you have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, so my uterus has just gone crazy because I want to have one of you. I yes, think Aria is responsible for a lot of babies being born this year. <laughs> I can literally, that doesn't surprise me at all. I know Denise was minding her backstage as well. I know. Tell me about yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I just hope I hope the mics pick that up because you were just precious. So I I need to not be like super distracted by the cuteness. I know. Um, but so I just wanna I'm gonna let you go obviously because because uh, you're just so busy. Are you? You're very busy, aren't you? But tell us a little bit about what the next steps are for the campaign. Meeting with the Minister for Health obviously was massive. And I think that that obviously you said was a very productive and positive thing, but there's work to be done. So tell us a little bit about what's next for the campaign. Um, so we actually, we were invited to go back in two weeks time for okay. a follow-up meeting with Minister Harris. Yeah. Uh, so we will be doing that. Um, he plans to sign the commencement order yeah. for that legislation to come mm -hmm. in on the 5th of May. So he says he will be doing that in two weeks' time. Yeah. Um, and also discussing some issues that we were talking about in the previous meeting. Yeah. And um, you sit here. Oh. You sit there. there Do you want to sit, sit on? Or I think she's looking at these. Oh. Hang on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be discussing kind of some issues that um, they needed to seek legal advice on. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have another productive meeting then. Um, we will be organising fundraisers, yeah. um, information sessions. There's um, loads of work being done on the website. So it's just equalityforchildren.ie yeah. um, where you can read lots of our family's stories. Um, there's kind of a cool tool where you can contact your local TDs. Mm. Um, lots of lots of information, just kind of, um, you know, the actual facts yeah. of the situation as it is. Um, so, yeah, it's a really useful resource there. Uh, we're very active on social media, on 
Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, so make sure you're following us. Absolutely. And um, yeah, we'll just we're just gonna keep at it. We're gonna keep lobbying. We're gonna keep um, spreading the information. Mm. Keep seeking meetings with other prominent uh, TDs and ministers, and just have a very focused and and. Um, targeted mission of just seeking full equality for our children yeah i mean it's like it's it's, it's like distractingly cute how, how cute aria is but i mean i think you know our reporter jade hayden was down at the at the it was the launch of equality for children and slash protest yeah the protest. in front of the department of health yeah yeah and you know she spoke to families and you spoke as well Ada, and we do have a clip that we're gonna that we're gonna play of that and um, but i was asking her afterwards i was like what was the turnout like mm. and you know and she said that it was really great for essentially the lot the launch of a campaign mm. you know so i think when you say that that's what you're going to continue to do in terms of just shouting about it it's really the most effective way that i think everybody's voice is going to be heard. And it's it's unfortunate that you have to do this, mm. but literally from just speaking to you for a little while and getting to know it, obviously it's something that you're so willing to do and, and it kind of needs to happen as well because otherwise people won't know. So yeah. it's information. So all of the information that people can get are on the website. Do you want to give it to us one more time? So it's equalityforchildren.ie okay. and on Instagram and Facebook we're Equality for Children and on Twitter it's at Equal Children. At Equal Children. Okay, yeah. well, Renee Von Metting, thank you so much for coming in. I'm going to let you go. Aria, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you, I have to say. Aria, say bye-bye. Say bye-bye. You have an incredible bye -bye. mom. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we just keep her? For all the shows? She's yeah, she, okay. She's expensive. She's not cheap. <laughs> well, that is settled. Aria, star of Girls With Goals forevermore. <laughs> Thank you so much, Renee. Thank you. Done. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you're a star. You're she's a superstar. So cute, star. isn't she?